Coffee with Colby, episode 24. Let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to today's episode of Coffee with Colby, the show that's all about helping you put your best foot forward on your professional path. In the time it takes to enjoy just one cup of coffee, we cover the challenges that crop up in the workplace and how to balance your career and your personal life. It's all the stuff you need to know that they didn't teach you in school. Thanks for tuning in. As always, I'm Colby Reed, and this is my show. Now, the holidays are almost here which means we are coming up on job interview season. It's very common for companies to go into hiring overdrive once we get into January. That's once budgets have been defined for the for the coming year. Um, that's when people are back from all their holiday travel and whatnot. This is also coming up on a busy season for internship interviews. Um, I actually wrote an article uh, for the Forbes Communications Council on this, and crazy as it may seem, a lot of companies already start accepting internship applications for the summer. Like I've seen some organizations that are closing now with their with their initial applications, but a lot of them are going to be closing in January and February and doing the interviews February, March, so that they can lock kids in um, April, May, June. Uh, so come January and February, it's going to be time to interview for those. And even if you're not going to be sitting down for an interview for a while, say you're not looking for a job or you don't have any you know, immediate hits on your resume at the moment, the holidays are a perfect time to revisit your interview prep skills. And that's what we're going to talk about today is how to prepare for a job interview. What are the basic steps you need to take in order to put your best foot forward in that interview? And this is a time of year when the odds are as as backwards as this sounds, you do actually have a lot of downtime from work or school. Um, this is a time of year, it feels like things are super busy because there's parties and there's events and people are gone. And so things are, you know, double stacked at work. But you've also got like most companies are going to give you a couple days off around the holidays for Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Um, this is a time when a lot of people use some additional vacation time. Um, you've also got family and friends around who you can do mock interviews with and talk through different situations. So it's a really good time to be thinking about how you're going to approach your job search come January and February. And today, I want to talk through those key steps that everyone needs to take uh, when it comes to an interview. Uh, I don't care if this is your screening interview with HR um, or your final sit down with the CEO or any interview in between. These are the steps that you have to take every single time you have an interview and how you prepare for these can make the difference between whether or not you get the gig. And yes, because this is my podcast, I will be sharing some examples of my own colossal failures and uh, possibly a couple of victories as well to help illustrate the importance of following these steps. So the first thing that you need to do, and again, this is, I don't care if you're doing a 15-minute initial screener interview with the HR team or if you're sitting down with the CEO or it's a panel interview, you have to research the company and who you are meeting with and you have to really understand who they are and what they do. It may seem like this is self-evident, but there was a time once where I was feeling kind of cocky in my job application period. And I had applied for, as, as I've talked about before, I, I worked in journalism and tried to move into PR at one point and it didn't really work. I wound up having an opportunity to go into sales and marketing and then went back to journalism and then moved into PR. 
uh, full-time a couple years after that. So I, I have an opportunity when I am making that first transition to sit down with uh, a little PR firm here in Portland and interview with them. And they were very nice. I actually had a friend that worked there at the time and he referred me and kind of helped get me in the door. They were very nice. Uh, I went to multiple, I, I met with multiple people there, but they were looking for somebody with a little bit more actual PR experience. At that point, I was coming purely from a journalism background. Um, so fast forward uh, a couple years and I've worked in sales and marketing. I've gone back to journalism and I have another contact at that firm and they're hiring again for kind of the same level position. So I put in my resume and I end up getting an opportunity to go in for an interview and I go in and I sit down and there are two founders of this firm. And when I came in for my first interview, I had met with one of those founders. We are going to call him founder A because I don't want to use their names because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to drag them into this conversation. But so I met with founder A. And then for some reason, I forgot that. Um, not that I had met with him, but I got founder A and founder B confused. And I sit down again in this second interview for the second position a couple years later. And founder A, as we're talking, says, I feel like we, you know, didn't we talk a few years ago? Didn't you come in and apply for a position? And I said, I, I did apply for a position, but my only interviews were with, you know, so-and-so in this team, so-and-so with that team, and then founder B. And he says, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure that we met. And I froze and I doubled down and I insisted that, no, I had never met this, this, this person before. And I had only met founder B and I had never met with founder A. And then it dawns on me as I'm babbling this out that yes, in fact, I had met founder A and I had never met founder B. And, uh, so I stumble through the rest of the interview and I, you know, I, I acknowledged that, yes, we actually had met and it was great to see him again. And I tried to salvage it, but at that point I had, I had screwed up so badly that he said, you know, it's been great to meet you. And, you know, I, I, I told him, I can't even remember how it was set up, but I said something about, um, my, my approach to the interview process or something that I was going to be doing in, in this interview process. And he said something to the effect of a, a good first step is knowing who you're meeting with. <laughs> And it just, it was just like a warm knife through butter. It was just, I, I just crumpled in my seat and, um, I didn't get that job, uh, but it really reinforced to me the importance of, and, and having now been on the hiring side, you can tell when somebody really knows an organization, when they really know who's there and what they're doing and what the company's doing versus not. Um, and it really stands out. For example, when I was applying for my current role, I went in with, I had pages of handwritten notes on their mission and the people and their backgrounds and uh, connections and you know, anything that I could think of that could show that I really understood this company and this organization and these people. Um, it also is helpful for you if you're walking in the room and you really understand who it is you're meeting with. Here's another example. Uh, this isn't nearly as embarrassing, but it's it's important. When I first got my when I got my first job at uh, Wagner Edstrom, 
I was incredibly fortunate to be there for three and a half years. And I was being introduced around um, to some folks. I actually, the, the way that they did the interviews, I had never actually been into the local office. Everything had been done um, digitally and telephonically. So I had met a bunch of people and I knew that the people there were relatively senior, but I had no idea what the structure was. I had no idea who the grand muckety muck was or anything like that. And so I had talked, I got the offer and I was very excited and I was going to work there and I'm walking and I mentioned to the HR person, you know, by the way, I've never seen the office before or the team. Would it be cool if I, you know, came by and, and, and met everybody before I started? She said, oh, absolutely. Usually we do an in-person interview, but because of the way that yours broke down, we hadn't had a chance to do that. So I come in and I get to see their offices and I'm, you know, wow. And I'm walking around and I get introduced to this, this one of the guys on the team and was very polite. And he was a very nice guy. And, and I just kind of didn't click with me that I was being introduced to the executive vice president for the team, um, who's an incredible man. And, uh, I, I, I still keep in touch with him and he's just super smart and has taught me so much, but it's one of those moments where when you walk into a room, people don't have I'm super important. I'm the, you know, I'm the head of the team. I'm the biggest client. I'm the, the, the vice president. I'm, you know, I'm the guy who, who gets coffee. People don't tell you who they are. People aren't going to advertise who they are. So it's important that you do your homework ahead of time so that you really understand who fits in where. This is going to help you so that you don't accidentally say something like, you know, so are you so-and-so's assistant when in fact they're the boss. Um, it's going to help you um, also the other, the other piece of this is when you approach anyone in an interview setting, I don't care who you think they are. You always treat them with the utmost respect. I don't feel like I should have to say that, but the number of times that we've seen people come in for interviews at the different companies I've worked with and they treat the receptionist or the intern like, you know, dirt, but they suck up to the, the, you know, the, the, the account director or the, the manager or something like that. Uh, it just, it's a really, really poor look. So it is important to understand when you walk into the room, what the company does and also who you're meeting with and where they fit in the structure. What's great about this. And we're going to talk about this in, in another, um, point here in just a second. But one of the things you're going to want to do is ask really pointed, important questions about the work. And if you understand someone's role, the questions you have for an executive vice president can and should be different than the questions you have for an account coordinator. They're both very important. They're both critical to your hiring process. But the understanding how they fit into the structure and what their day-to-day -day responsibilities are um, is really, really important. So Tip number one is research the company and who you're meeting with and know that cold for every interview. Tip number two is understand why you want this specific job with this specific company and be able to articulate that in just a couple of lines. There is no bigger turnoff as a hiring manager. When I'm hiring somebody, I'm looking at my team. I've invested in my team. I've invested in my company. I've invested in my mission. I've invested the future and well-being of my family in this organization. And I don't want somebody who's going to, you know, who's going to sacrifice all sense of self for the company, but I want somebody who wants to be there. I want somebody who's driven and passionate about being on this team and working with my 
with, with my team. There is no bigger turnoff as a hiring manager than when you are sitting down with a candidate and say, okay, why do you want to work for such and such company in such and such role? And their response is, yeah, I don't really know. You know, I kind of like, um, I kind of like writing and I saw that you guys do some work for, you know, some cool brands. And so I thought that would be kind of cool. I, that's not an answer that I want. Like I want, I want you to under, and this goes back to that first, that first point on today's, on today's show of really understanding the company, understanding what specifically about this organization. You may have nine resumes out and be doing interviews with four different companies and just desperate for anything. But as an interview candidate, your job is to sell the employer that the only job in the world that matters and the only job in the world that you want right now is this one. Um, you're going to change your tune potentially when it gets to negotiation. You don't want to put yourself into you know the position of taking peanuts for the role or looking like, like you're desperate. But you want to make it clear that you have chosen to apply for this specific role in this specific company for a specific reason. And being able to articulate that um, in you know just a couple of lines makes you a much more desirable candidate. It shows that you've got passion. Um, because if I've got two candidates and they have the exact same basic skill set and the exact same basic background but one of them is super passionate and super on board and super dedicated and the other kind of doesn't care, then of course I'm going to go with that first candidate. So really ask yourself, what is it about this job and this role and have a good answer for that. Building on tip two, you also want to take some time and run practice questions. Things like you're, you're never going to be able to prepare for exactly this, the, this, the, the questions that they're going to ask in the interview because every company handles it a little bit differently, but you want to kind of flip the script and, and say to yourself, okay, if I'm hiring for this role, what do I want to know? And what do I want to hear from, from the person you're going to want to have a good response for things like, tell us about your background. Again, why do you want to work for this company in this role? Um, you're going to get asked questions that kind of dance around. What are your strengths and your weaknesses? Um, you're probably look through the the job description and look at like the top three or four job skills that they talk about. Odds are those are pain points that they specifically want to hire. Like in in our world of, of public relations, it's common to see someone who's who can manage social media accounts as you know a, a key need because we need someone who can manage uh, client social social engagement. So have some examples at, on hand of what are, you know, how, how, have you, how have you executed against this? What are wins that you've had in these specific areas? And what are skills that you already have that you're going to be in these areas that you're going to be able to bring to this team so that they can see that you're already rip-roaring ready to go? And this is not something, it is so easy to say, oh, I, you know, I know I can answer this or, oh, I know I can answer that. There is all kinds of scientific research that shows that if you say words out loud, if you practice reading something out loud, you are far more likely to deliver it with confidence and clearly than if you just try and wing it. Um, I don't care who you are. Like this podcast, I, have, I haven't scripted this podcast out. And you can, if you go back and listen to my episodes, you can tell the episodes where I've written the whole episode word for word versus the ones where I've done some kind of bullet point notes and I'm just kind of talking because there's more ums, there's more uhs, there's more pauses, things like that. 
actually sit down and walk through these questions. Even better, if you can, find somebody in your industry who's more senior than you and ask them to sit down and grill you because they will know from that perspective, from that hiring manager perspective, what are they going to want to know and what are they going to want to talk about and have some really strong responses on hand. The fourth thing that you want to be able to prepare to do, and this is kind of, again, building on that that third tip, is be prepared to talk positively about your work history. Um, let me give you an example. One, or Before I get to my example, one of the, the challenges that you may have when you're in an interview is you may hate your current employer. You may hate your current role and be desperate to move on. You may uh, have worked for a company for six months and they're, you're no longer employed there and it, it can be awkward and you may need to address this in their interview. Um, there's a fair chance that your, your hiring uh, person is going to want to know what happened here or why this or the, the most common question that I hear all the time is, you know, you've got, if, if you've got a, a, a good job, why do you want to move? Why do you want to leave such and such place? It's so awesome. Be prepared to talk positively about your work history. Um, one of the one of the examples that I can give you is I've I've mentioned on this podcast many times that when I was you know I tried my hand at sales and marketing and it did not work and I was unemployed not by choice two months before my wedding and that has come up um, that came up a couple times in in interviews and and also I had. Um, when I was, uh, I was with one agency for about a year and was, was ready to transition. And in both cases, they're great companies. Um, you know, for the, the people that I worked with were great. Um, you know, there, there may have been stuff behind the scenes that, you know, was, was, was a little bit challenging, but you're going to get that in any, in any place. What you don't want to do is you don't want to come out and say, yeah, I got fired because I couldn't sell, you know, anything or, you know, this place is just, it's, it's not a good fit and it's, it's not the right place for me. What you want to say instead is you want to focus on what's a positive perspective you can put on that. So for example, um, if you've been working somewhere for six, nine months and it's just not working out, it's perfectly reasonable to say, you know what? I was really fortunate when I was, I was working at my first company. Um, I was really fortunate to be there for a number of years and, um, had an opportunity to come to company B and, they're, they're doing some great work and I, I feel like I've got a great team, but the, the culture and the environment just isn't, uh, it just isn't, isn't meshing with me the way that I had hoped it would. And so I'm, I'm looking for, you know, another long-term opportunity somewhere else. Um, it's, you know, it, it's a perfectly reasonable way to, to frame that, but think about what your specific situation is and if there are any red flags that could pop up and how you can talk about it. Every single employer you, you talk about, every single role you have has to be framed in terms of, it was a great opportunity. I learned a lot. I worked with some great people, but I decided to move on for this reason. I wanted more flexibility. I wanted the opportunity to lead. I wanted the opportunity to manage uh, more accounts. I wanted more client-facing time. Um, I wanted more balance. Um, I wanted something that was closer to my house. Any, you know, any legitimate reason. Um, but do not, do not, do not talk poorly about any of your former employers, no matter how raw it may be. Uh, fifth tip is to prepare your materials. Um, we live in a digital age and you may think, oh, I don't need 
you know, hard copies of my resume. I don't need hard copies of my portfolio. Um, that's wrong. Uh, your, uh, your, 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 your future employer, uh, may not need them. Uh, you may have already sent them in digital form, but you always want to have them on hand just in case so that you can reference things. Um, I can tell you there have been instances where I've been, you know, just kind of walking down the hallway and I get called, you know, 30 seconds before a meeting saying, hey, we're bringing in a potential candidate for this position. Can you sit in on the interview? Sure. I haven't looked at any of their background. They've got a, a resume that makes it much easier for me. It shows that you're being prepared. It shows that you're thinking through every eventuality. Um, you also want to bring a notebook um, and you want to take notes um, on the answers to your questions, which we're going to be talking about um, in uh, tip number six. Um, but you want to make sure that you have, you know, just a, a, a you know, basic little notebook and a, a pen so that as you're talking, as they're answering your questions, as they're you know, giving you information about the organization, you're jotting it down. Two reasons for this. Number one, it shows that you're paying attention. Anyone can sit there and smile and nod and say, oh, that's great. But when you're actually taking notes, it shows that you think that you may need this information later and you want to make sure you've got it, got it jotted down. Again, there's also, second thing, second reason why you want to do this, there is a ton of research that shows that when we write things down versus when we type them, it sticks on our brain much better. So you may never look at those notes again, but if you're jotting them down, you're helping imprint that information that you can recall later on in the interview process. Uh, the sixth tip, and I kind of hinted at this earlier, um, is that you want to prepare really good questions. Um, you want to have questions for Every person that you're meeting with, you want to have questions about the organization and do not, do not, do not rely on, you know, basic softballs like what makes a good team player or a team, team member or what makes somebody successful in this organization. Those are fine to ask as you're going through the process, but I can tell in about 30 seconds when I'm talking with somebody, if they've done their homework and they're asking questions about me and about my company, or if they just have questions because they think that they're supposed to ask questions. If you're applying for a position, you are interviewing that company as much as that company is interviewing you. You are preparing to invest considerable amount of time and energy in this organization. And it behooves you to really understand who they are and what they're doing. So really think through, and this is also, by the way, until you get to like negotiation time, this is not a time to be talking about asking about what does your benefits package look like or how much, how much vacation time do people get? This needs to be questions like, uh, how have you been dealing with this recent, uh, you know, industry trend that has come up? Or, um, I saw that from your LinkedIn profile that you've worked at four different agencies. How does this agency differ from those? Um, I've seen from your, your LinkedIn profile that you started here, you know, 10 years ago. Why is it that you think that people stay so long at this company? Those kinds of questions. I would say if you've got three to five really good specific questions about that company and that person, you're in, you're in fine shape and then have maybe three to five kind of basic punt questions, because what you don't want is you don't want to book like an hour for an interview and you can have, and then have, um, you know, the, the interview end, you know, within 30 minutes and then say, okay, we are leaving the rest of the time for your questions. And you only got two questions and they're kind of like, well, that's all I need to know. No, you really need to dig in. 
here's an example of how this can play out and kind of backfire. So I was applying for a job and I was in an interview where it was like three or four panel interviews back to back to back. And I had for each interview, I had done my homework. I knew who was going to be in the room and I had probably five to 10 questions for each group already written out that were specific to this group and their roles and how we would work together. I really wanted this job. So I'm in one of those interviews and it, and all, by the way, I end, I try to end every single interview with a question. I love this question. It's a, it's essentially, is there anything I haven't touched on any skills, any traits, any, anything about my background that's leaving a question in your mind at this point that I'm that I would I would be a, a poor fit for this role. It's a sales technique. It's basically saying, okay, it, it, I don't want you to walk away from this thinking Colby was great, he was wonderful. I just wish that he talked. You know, I, I just don't think that he's he's that into juggling. When in fact, I'm a world juggling champion, and I just haven't talked about that. I'm not really a world juggling champion. It's just an example for the for this case. But you know, I that that's the idea that I want to. If there's any question in your mind, I want you to walk out of this room and think Colby's the perfect guy for this job. So the the second or third interview of the day, I'm in the room with five or six people who are, you know, hold very important roles in this organization. One of whom is very, very, very important and a really nice guy. And he, you know, we, 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 we get through and I mean, I'm in a 60 minute interview with a hard stop at the end because the next group is coming in. And they take me like right up to like 57 minutes. So I've got almost no time for my questions. And they turn it and say, do you have any questions for us? And I, I admit I panicked a little bit. And I went to, instead of thinking, instead of reading the room, and instead of saying, okay, what's a really good question for this group? I wanted to sell myself as hard as I possibly could. And so I went for my, my go-to of, is there, do you have any other, any doubts about, about me? Which... You know, in the big picture, it's it makes sense. In the big picture, that's a, a smart question to ask, maybe. But also in, in this case, we're not going to... I mean, we've, we've clearly been talking for close to an hour. This isn't a question about them. This is this is clearly a question about me. And he called me on it. He said, you know, Colby, we're, we're pretty confident in your background, which is why you're here. Um, I got to tell you, though, you've, this is your one opportunity to ask us questions. Is that really the question you want to go with? And so I said, you know what? You're right. And I, I threw out another one and I thought that I had tanked the interview. I thought that I had lost the job at that point. I didn't, I got invited back to the next round of interviews and I wound up getting the position in question, but you really want to be thinking about, you know, what are, you know, two or three really good deep questions that you can, you can throw out to that group. And then the seventh tip, the final tip, because this episode is going way too long, um, and we'll do another episode here pretty soon about actually dealing with the interview process um, because there's a whole lot of ins and outs to that going from the screening to you know the actual interviews to follow up to when do you talk about nego- you know salary and offers and uh, you know all that kind of stuff. But the seventh tip for how to prepare for the interview, so everything you need to do before the interview um, is prepare for the day of. Um, you would be amazed at the number of people who, don't account for rush hour traffic, the number of people who don't account for parking, the number of people who 
think that the clothes that they want to wear are clean and hanging in their, their closet and they're not, um, before you're, you know, in the days before your interview, really look at where is this interview? How long is it going to take me to get there? If you can't like drive the route, like I, when I was first, um, when I was first working in radio, the station that I worked at had a building kind of up in, in a hilly area of, of Portland. And it was, it's this area that's kind of funky because there's, you know, some, some addresses on one side of the freeway, some addresses on the other side of the freeway, and there's no cut through. So if you take the wrong turn, you could be two blocks from the building, but you're like a 20 minute drive. Um, so I actually went and drove the route before the interview, the night before the interview to figure out, okay, where is it that I need to go? Where do I park? Um, I was using Google maps to figure out, okay, in, in rush hour traffic, if I'm coming at nine o'clock, how long is it going to take me to get there? I'm also somebody, I don't mind sitting in my car for 20 minutes or half an hour. I will, I, I would, I would strongly encourage you be far. It's far better to be way early and wait than to, uh, than, than to be, you know, even a couple minutes late. That being said, if you are, if you do show up early, do not go sit in their lobby because what's going to happen is the receptionist is going to send a message to whoever's interviewing you saying your interview's here and it's going to be 25 minutes early and you're going to be like, okay, well, they're just going to have to sit there for 25 minutes. Um, what you want to do is you want to walk into the lobby about five minutes before your interview is supposed to start. Um, that way they know that you're early. They know that you're punctual. They know that you're there. Um, but be prepared if you need to sit in the lobby, sit in, sit in a Starbucks, sit in your car, do whatever you have to do uh, to be there right on time. Um, understand where you're going to park. Um, think about what clothes you want to wear. Um, you know, there are clothes that we all have that are like, this is my power outfit. This is the outfit that makes me feel the best. Um, you want to make sure you've got that clean and, and, and ready to roll. You want to make sure that you're thinking about, okay, if my interview is at nine o'clock, I need to, and I, you know, I need, you know, an hour to, to digest my breakfast. So I really need to be up and having breakfast at seven o'clock. And if I'm going to do, um, my, you know, a workout beforehand, I need to go to the gym at six. You really need to think those things through. Do not try to wing it because you don't want to show up to your interview flustered and, you know, kind of out of sorts. That's just going to, uh, that's just going to tank you. So, um, those are your seven tips for how to prepare for an interview. Like I said, we're going to do some other episodes here in the future around, you know, how to walk through the interview process, how to walk through the offer process. Um, but I think that uh, a little over 30 minutes is plenty of content for this week. And with that, episode 24 is in the books. Episode 25 coming up before you know it. Um, as always, would really appreciate it if you take two seconds, pop open that iTunes app and give us that five-star review. Also, if you have, uh, if you're on Twitter, please feel free to hit me up at Colby Reed, C-O-L-B-Y-R-E-A-D-E. Would love to answer your questions. Would love to, you know, talk through any issues you may have. Uh, also, always happy to do informational interviews if people have questions about, you know, other big work stuff. Uh, I actually had the pleasure to, to talk to a couple listeners over the last uh, few months. I've, I've set up some, you know, some some phone chats with them, and that's been fantastic. So, all that being said, I'm Colby Reed, and we'll talk next time. <laughs>